right, good morning church. How you guys doing? You glad to be here today? Well, we are excited that you are here with us. It's been an incredible day so far, just here as we've come here to celebrate all the Lord is doing. I love that video. I love the video as it just really shows us what the heart of Christ is, what Jesus did while he was here as he was on the, on the earth. That's what he did. He loved people. He liberated people, right, who were in bondage to whatever it was that held them captive. He led them as he served them. And then what did he do? He launched people out. And really, that's what we have been commissioned to do as a church. That's what we've been called to do is that very same thing. Now, Pastor Randy said a few minutes ago, it's going to be a different kind of Sunday. And, and it really is today, especially because I'm preaching a little bit shorter, right? That's a miracle in and of itself. And they said amen in the last service. I was hurt deeply. But, uh, but seriously, no, it's going to be a different kind of Sunday because here's what we're, we're as we're celebrating and, and as we're celebrating what God is doing in our church we're going to be releasing you here in just a few minutes to go explore different ways you can help us achieve that mission of loving, liberating, leading, and launching out, making disciples. You're going to be uh, discovering that here in the, in the next few minutes. Now, we've been in this series called The Comeback. We've been talking about the life of Joseph. We will start back up where we left off in Joseph, uh, looking at Joseph's life next week. But what I want to talk to you about for these next few minutes is just what God's been impressing upon my heart is this message here is that God wants us as a church to be ready. He wants us to be prepared. We need to be prepared for the things that he's about to do. This is an exciting time for our church as we have grown in so many different ways especially over these last few years. In fact, a few years ago, we, we uh, hired some church growth consultants to come alongside and kind of analyze things to help us maximize this space uh, before we made our, our move over to Bailey Boswell. And they came in, and here's what they told us as in their expertise. They said, you can't grow anymore in this location that you're currently in. And that was a few years ago, and you need to know that we've grown a lot since that time. So Jesus had other plans than what they thought, and we praise him for that. Jesus is the real church growth expert, amen, right? He's the one that had other plans for that, and when we maybe thought we couldn't, we, we have done our very best to stretch every dollar. We stretch every square inch of what we have here and try to use it, and, uh, but we've grown in a lot of different ways. We've grown numerically, and the Lord has blessed us with more people. We praise the Lord for that. We're not trying to be the biggest church. Well, we want to be as a healthy church. A healthy church is a church that's growing, it's reproducing, it's planting more churches, and it's producing more disciples. We've also grown financially over these last few years because you have caught the vision and you've been more generous than you have ever been. And because you've been more generous than you have ever been, we as a church have been able to be more generous than we have ever been throughout our history. And by the way, you are the church, so we've been more generous we have been able to give more away these last few years than we ever have. And when I say give away, I'm talking about investing in the kingdom of God. Uh, by the way, as we've been saying this, especially over this last year, we believe that God is leading us to be one of the most generous churches in our generation. And what that means is that we're leading you towards this. We want to give more away percentage-wise than we keep for ourselves within the four walls of our church facility. We're not there yet. We've got a ways to go. But because of your generosity, we are pressing into that 
and just we want to we want to bless the world. We've been blessed to bless the world, amen. Right? So we're we want to lead you towards that. We've also grown spiritually these last few years as as we've as we've been stepping out in certain ways. There certainly have been challenges that we've had to uh, to overcome through the the grace of God and through His power as we've as we've been stepping out and pressing into the darkness. You need to know that when you do that that you can count on uh, an attack from, from the enemy, that the enemy is not happy when a church is alive and moving forward. And so we've had to grow deeper in Christ. We want to be a church that doesn't just grow uh, by having more people here. We want to grow deeper in our walk with Christ. We want to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen, church, right? That's what our desire is. And so we're so excited about the growth that God has blessed us with. And we're in this place in the history of our church where we are about to make a major location change to our new facility that is over uh, on Boswell Road, right next to Boswell High School. And uh, we're going to be moving. Think about this with me for the next few minutes. We're going to be moving from being on one acre of land right here in this neighborhood where, where a lot of people don't even know that we're here, even though we've been here for several years, one acre of land to moving to being on as God's entrusted us with 12 acres of land. Are you excited about that? Isn't that great? That's fantastic. You can, you can breathe a little bit, yeah, especially if you were in the second service. There's more room to breathe, right? You can breathe a little bit. So we've been faithful with the little over these last few years. And when you're faithful with the little, what God does is he blesses you with more. He entrusts you with more, to be faithful with more as you are faithful with the little, right? So think about this. We're actually going to have, we're going to have bigger hallways. We won't have a cattle chute. Are you excited about that? You won't have to do this as you're getting by and do your dance moves, trying to move by people. You're going to have bigger space. We're going to have, we're going to have this, this area called commons area, a common space where you can actually stand and drink your coffee and talk to people and, and not feel like you're always in the way of someone as they're trying to get by. We're going to have a, a secured children's wing, a secured wing for our children. Security is going to be great. And, uh, and, and we're going to have bigger classroom spaces for our, for our kids. We're going to have a brand new student ministry space. We're going to have a brand new nursery area for our kids. And here's something that some of you, I think, will be really excited about. We're going to have this thing called parking, all right? <laughs> Won't that be awesome? You're like, what? We're going to have parking as a majority of you park on the streets in our neighborhood, right? Our neighbors, I'm sure, love that. But uh, so we'll, we'll actually have 12 acres for you to park out there. It's going to be incredible. We're going to have a new worship space that's going to have, it's going to be more of a fan kind of rather than a hallway. And it's going to have taller ceilings so you won't feel so claustrophobic on really busy Sundays. It's going to be an incredible worship environment that we're going to get to experience. Here's another other thing we're going to have. We're going to have major visibility in this area like we've never had before. We're going to have visibility by being on Boswell Road where, where again, a lot of folks, it's funny, we've been out here for a long time and some folks still don't know we're here. They don't know that we're, that we're here and that we're a church that's alive and vibrant. But now we're going to have folks that are starting to notice and some are, have already started coming and checking us out. So we'll have visibility. So there are lots of things that are changing. And I know for some of you that kind of makes you maybe a little bit nervous, you know, with change, there's, that things are happening. And I am going to tell you this right now. There's one thing that's not changing. We're still having bacon burritos. Amen, right? You don't mess with bacon. 
You don't mess with the burritos, the bacon burritos. But, but there are things that are going to be changing for the better to facilitate the growth that God is entrusting to our care. Uh, again, not only are we going to have an indoor commons area, we're going to have a big patio outdoor commons area on beautiful days like today where there's going to be sales providing shade. You can eat your bacon burritos out there. And again, just there's going to be an outdoor baptistry that's coming soon that will serve as a... I mean, it's just going to be an incredible environment that God is blessing us with. So let me ask you, are you excited about that? I think you are, right? Isn't that great? God is blessing us, and it's going to be awesome, and things are progressing along so quickly uh, over there as the building is under construction now, and they're moving along very rapidly, and, and, uh, and, and I just want to tell you that it'll be here before we know it. I don't want to give you an exact date yet, because sometimes in construction, those of you that are in that business, you know sometimes things change and whatever, and I, I don't want to tell you a date, and then you call me a liar or anything like that, but, but here is the thing. We are looking, if everything stays on track, we're looking at a move somewhere around late April to mid-May. That's the target area. Now think of it in these terms, and this kind of makes it a little more real for you. We're looking at about 10 to 12 more Sundays right here. Now whenever I say that to our staff, they're like, what? Because then it becomes real. You realize about 10 to 12 more Sundays. And I said this about 25 Sundays ago, and that was kind of a big deal then, but now we're really getting close. And so as I look at that, every time I go over the building, which is several times, the new building, several times a week, I'm going over there and I'm observing, I'm watching what's going on, I'm trying to catch vision while I'm there of how things work. I'm walking through, I'm praying, and I'm seeking the Lord, and I'm praying for what's about to happen there. But every time I leave, um, I, I feel the first time I went over there and I realized this is really happening. This is, this is not just a dream anymore. It's coming about. The first time I left, panicked a little bit, okay? <laughs> and then I realized that's not, that wasn't from the Lord, but here's what I'm getting now every time I leave. I'm fired up, but here's what I, I'm getting now is I'm feeling a sense of urgency, I feel this urgency that God and this fire that God has put in my heart about what we are, are going to be experiencing. And this is the message that God's been giving me whenever I leave every time. And here's what he's saying, Bart, you get yourself ready personally. And then here's what I feel like he's saying, as, as a pastor to you, get my people ready. Get them ready. Get them ready for what I want to do, right? And here's... here's something for you to write down in the way that we are to begin getting ready. Here's what I feel like he's saying to us is get your hearts and your hands ready. Get your hearts ready internally and spiritually. Get your hearts prepared. Every time God would, would, would challenge the nation of Israel to take next steps or somebody would be going and doing something, he would always have someone that would come to them and challenge them to purify themselves to get themselves ready spiritually. And we'll be leading you in ways to do that in the coming weeks through prayer and fasting and preparation. But here is the other part of this. Get your hands ready. And what he means, by, what I feel like the message he's given me to give to you is this. Get your hands ready, not to have idle hands, but to be prepared to go to work, to, to go to work in serving, rolling up your sleeves, willing to get your hands dirty, rolling up your sleeves and going to work, playing a part in the body of Christ is one, right? Get your hearts ready and get your hands ready. I want us to understand this and capture this as a church, is that church, we are being entrusted by God with a great opportunity. Amen, right? 
a great opportunity, a great new facility, a great new tool. And that's the way we view buildings at EBC. We know this, that the building is not the church. This building is not our church. The one we're moving into is not our church. We are the church, right? We are the body of Christ. And so let this sink in as well, that it's projected in the next few years that, and, and think of how God has strategically placed our church in just his perfect timing in this central, centrally located area that in the next few years they are projecting in a, within a one to two mile radius of where we are at uh, upwards to four to 5,000 new homes. I know that is a nightmare as you're thinking about roads, right? Correct? As what we're already undergoing right now. But it is, and I will say this, it is a dream come true for a church that is on fire for Jesus and wants to take the gospel to people. Amen, right? It's a dream come true. God God has blessed us with a central location that we view as a hub or a launching pad for reaching into these areas of darkness for his name's sake. And I want you to understand God has in his sovereignty strategically placed us there. That, That he picked that place for us. That he has picked this group of people to represent him to this generation and to this community. So so here's the thing. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be seeking the Lord together about getting our hearts ready, but also being prepared and getting our hands ready. And, And as we want to fulfill that same mission that Christ, as he was walking about, loving people, liberating people through the gospel message of Jesus, leading them to become disciples that are producing disciples, that are producing disciples and launching them out. That's what we're called to do and what we're called to be. And we're wanting to be sure that we are doing this. And I am very excited about our new building. Don't get me wrong, okay? Because every time I leave, I'm very fired up. But I'm, I want to be clear that I'm even more excited about that building. I'm more excited about the movement of God that I'm anticipating in our hearts, in our church family, in this body of Christ. Because here's what we know about buildings. Buildings are wonderful tools, but buildings come and go. Buildings are not the body of Christ. They're purely tools. Healthy churches grow. Healthy churches reproduce. Healthy churches are making those disciples, making disciples, making disciples. And it's never been our ambition or is our ambition to be the biggest church, right? Or to build a big crowd We were called by God not to make church members. We're called by God to make disciples of Jesus. That's what he's called us to do. We do know that a healthy church is going to be a growing church. It's going to be a multiplying church. It's going to be reproducing. That's what a healthy church does. And so what we know about buildings is they're great tools. But as we've said over and over and over again, and I want to drive this point home again to us, is that a building never changed anybody's life. Only the gospel changes our lives, right? Only the gospel of Jesus changes our our life. And, And many, in fact, think about this, many a church building all over different parts of not only our world, but I would even say this now, even within the Metroplex, in the Bible Belt, many of them massive buildings, incredible buildings, many of them are half empty. And that break that that breaks my heart. 
Many are half empty. Some of them are having trouble keeping the lights on, uh, right? And, and, and that should break our hearts. That, that we don't take any, we're on the same team, right? And so hearing that, let this just impress the urgency upon you that it does me. It's projected, there was a, a LifeWay research study that indicates this, that within the next seven years, that, and, and let this just pound on your heart today, 55,000 churches in the United States are projected to close their doors. That should just break our hearts, rip our hearts out. Does that sound like the church is storming the gates of hell? No. 55,000 are, pro- are projected to, to close their doors. And, and here's the deal. We've talked about post-Christian America. Maybe it's on the horizon. We need to understand something and just accept this church. We're not looking at post-Christian America one day. We're living in post-Christian America. Right? Do you catch that climate? Are you catching how rapidly that culture has expanded within our, our country? Here's another, another statistic. Weekly church attendance will drop from 17%. That's all across our nation, which that's pretty weak in and of itself, right? Weekly church attendance will drop from 17%, projected to drop to 14%. Now, all of these statistics are projected, unless what I'd say, like we sang a few moments ago in that, in that song, wake up the saints. Wake up the saints. Right? That's what we want to be about is we wait upon Jesus is that we're alive, we're vibrant, we're awake, we're at work. So it's moving to 14% unless something radical happens within the context of the church in America. Here's another statistic. Only 20% of churches in the United States are growing. And now we look at 20%, we're like, hey, that's not too bad. But here is, here's what the growth looks like. 1% of that 20% growth Only 1% comes from people who have never come into a relationship with Christ coming into the church. Most of that is what is called transfer growth, where people are moving from churches to churches to churches. Mega churches are becoming bigger. Smaller churches are shutting their doors. And, and, and that's, what I, that's what I'm saying is that, is that it's, it, we're not really impacting and pressing into the darkness and transforming our culture. Is that in fact culture is more kind of consuming the church, so to speak. And so when I when I understand this, it gives me that urgency. And I understand that with the urgency, God is also at this moment in our church's history giving us these blessings of more people that he's entrusting to our care, of more finances, of a brand new facility that he's entrusting to us. And here's what that means. With that comes great responsibility. That's what I feel. It's a great responsibility to be sure that EVC is and will always be pressing hard into the darkness with that light of Jesus Christ. I loved in that video a few moments ago when you saw the people that were going outside the walls of the church and then they were out in the communities or they've been launched out into different places in the world. And what did you start seeing? Hearts were lighting up. The light of Jesus Christ but when they were so consumed with all the stuff and the activities of the church or whatever, I don't know if you saw this, but I, I noticed it after I'd watched it several times. You might not have seen this, but that one, I think it was probably a church member. He was getting weighted down with all the different stuff that the church planned. And did you notice that his light went out? And that's what we see happen a lot of times is because we've made church too complicated, where what we really need to get back to the basics of what our Lord has called us to do which is making disciples, right? Following, who are following Jesus. And so I want to ask you this question this morning, okay? 
Has your life been touched and changed by Jesus Christ? Where you've experienced the grace of of Jesus in your life. He's changed you. He's set you free. He's loved you, liberated you from whatever held. Has your life been set free from Jesus? If so, make a little noise this morning. If that's you, right? If, 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 maybe, if maybe you don't feel like you can make noise in church, just raise your hand. Or if you think that's charismatic, just, I don't know, just say amen or something. I don't know, all right? But if that's you, if that's you, don't we praise God that we have been blessed to have the gospel in our life, right? Now, I want you to think right now, where would you be without the gospel of Jesus in your life? When I thought about this this week, I thought about my family. I thought about what kind of husband I'd be, what kind of father I'd be. I, I'm going to tell you, do we realize that without the gospel of Jesus, we are hopeless? Amen. Right? Um, we're hopeless without Jesus. Right? And, and if your life has been changed by Jesus Christ, and you celebrated that with me, and we praise the Lord for that, do we understand and believe this, that, the, that people all over our community, people who are moving in, but many who are all still unchurched, over 82% are unchurched out in our area, um, and, and do we realize this, that those people need to be afforded the same opportunity to hear the gospel, and do we realize this, that apart from Jesus Christ, they are also hopeless, right? Do we get this, church? There is no plan B. Jesus and the gospel message through the church of Jesus Christ is plan A. There's no plan B. Your plan A. Your plan A. And to gain urgency, we first have to come to this conviction It's a Holy Spirit conviction in our hearts that, here, write this down, that people all around us desperately need Jesus. They need to know the Christ that you know, that has changed your life. Do we realize that nothing else will fix what is broken in our community? Nothing else will fix brokenness in families. Nothing else can fix all of the turmoil in our country today. There is no politician that has it within them to do it. There is no political party that can fix this. The only thing that fixes all of this brokenness is Jesus and his gospel. That's it. Right? I mean, that is the only thing that is plan A. And when I get that, you know what? I realize I have a great responsibility I have a mission to help facilitate getting that gospel that has changed my life into the lives of so many other people that don't know him yet, who don't know how much he loves them. Many of them just don't know how much he loves them. They still view God as maybe distant or or that he doesn't care or that he's aloof. They don't know how much he loves them. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians, where Paul writes this just quickly in the scriptures. He says this, Paul writes, and listen to the responsibility Paul says that we have. And all of this, this gospel message, this life change that he talks about is a gift from God. We don't earn it. It's a gift who brought us back to himself through Christ. He reconciled us. He redeemed us. He restored us. And God has given us, that's the church, this task of reconciling people to him. 
That's our responsibility, he says. He says, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Do you know what that is? That's the gospel. He has entrusted the gospel into our hands for our generation. We are responsible for getting the gospel to our generation, is what he's saying, just as Paul was for his generation. So we are Christ's, what does it say, church? Ambassadors, representatives. Those guys are appointed. They are chosen. They are picked. That's us. He's picked us to do this job. God, this is incredible, is making his appeal through us, the church. We speak for Christ when we plead. And what are we saying to people in their brokenness? Come to God. Come back to God. He loves you. He wants to restore you. That's awesome. He saved us. But he's not only saved us, he's given us a mission. He's given us a responsibility When you've been saved, you're not saved by how you carry out the mission, but you, when you're saved by his grace, there's a response that happens within you. You want people to have that same and share in that same kind of love and liberation and, and then leading them to be disciples that are being launched out, right? That's what we're supposed to do. A few more scriptures here. Matthew chapter 28, as Jesus is, is giving marching orders to his disciples and to us, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. I conquered death. I conquered uh, you know, sin. And I'm, I'm sovereign over everything. Now, here's what he says. Therefore, to his disciples, to us, what does he say, church? Go. Go and make disciples. The command is to make disciples. It is not to make church members. It's to make disciples. Uh, He says, make disciples of all the nations. That word is ethnos. That's people everywhere, all over the place, in our community and all over the world. And here's what we're to be doing. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and to be sure of this, he says, I'm with you in all of this. So he's saying we're to be making disciples that are making disciples that are making disciples. And that carries on. By the way, that's why you're here today. If someone shared the gospel with you, right? If you are, if you are the ones that applauded or raised your hands or said amen, all right? You're, you're here because someone shared that with you and someone was faithful and they did their part. I love this part in Acts 1.8. This is awesome. He says, Jesus is again giving marching orders, and he says this before he ascends back to the Father. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Look at what he says. Telling people about me, what does it say? Everywhere. Everywhere, he says. In Jerusalem, that's, that's, that's a central hub there. In Judea. Throughout Judea, that's more regionally. Samaria, that's, that's kind of uh, uh, next door to you, uh, right? And then he says this. Let's just throw it all in there to the ends of the earth. Does that cover everything? It covers everything. And it's not one to the exclusion of the others. The, the way it translates is as you're going. You're to be going locally as well as globally. When you're in the marketplace, you are a representative of Jesus. You're to go also in other places as you're going. Now, this is my favorite part of this whole passage. It cracks me up every time I read this. And it says, after he said this, 
He was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Those were angels, okay? And this is what makes me laugh every time I read it. And, and they're staring into heaven, right? They're staring there, standing there. And here's what they say. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Here's what they're saying. Why are you standing around? He gave you your marching orders. Why are you standing there staring at each other? What he's saying is this. Get busy. Get busy till he comes back. And folks, he hasn't come back yet, has he? Well, he says, church, this isn't the time to rest. This is the time to roll up the sleeves and to get busy. Making disciples that are making disciples that are making disciples. Get ready. And that's the commission that we've been given. Loving people, setting them free through the gospel message. They're liberated, leading them to become disciples and launching them out. And I love the video a few moments ago that showed that guy being launched out. Didn't you love that? I love that. And as he's being launched out, right, it's lighting up everywhere that he's going and everywhere everyone's going who, are in the, who have the gospel in their life. I want to wrap this up with this. There's a great book that I've, that I've been reading um, by J.D. Greer, one of the best books I've read in a long time. He's a pastor of a church that is a sending church. And it really inspired me. And the name of his, the book is Gaining by Losing. And, and he talks in this book about the different kinds of, of churches. And he equates them to different kinds of ships. Okay? And, uh, and, and, and again, I had an opportunity to spend some time with Clay this week. Clay Trantham. Clay uh, was a lieutenant commander in the U.S. Navy. Navy people. We got Navy people. Woohoo! Right? We had a lot in the first service, second service. Okay, a lot, a lot. And, uh, and I asked Clay to just share with me some of his thoughts about some of these ships and how this kind of relates to different kinds of churches. All right, so you've got battleship churches, and battleships are usually engaged in battle with other battleships. All right, they make a lot of noise, and really their only, their only uh, uh, effectiveness is within a kind of a one-mile one radius of where they are. Okay, I, won't, I don't want to spend any more time on the battleships, but there are battleship churches that make a lot of noise and kind of focus only on, on one little spot. And then you ha- have, now this isn't in the Navy, but you have cruise liner ships. Who's been on a cruise? Raise your hand. You been on a cruise? Was it fun? Did you enjoy it? Was the food good? Right? What is a cruise all about, folks? entertainment, relaxing. Did you eat a lot of food? Yeah. Lots of food. You have a captain and a crew that are all about that inward focus of being sure that everyone who is on that cruise, they are well-fed, entertained, and they are all about having a good time, right? And you have, you have kind of that mentality of a cruise liner. And if at any point a church becomes like that cruise liner, which I think is why 55,000 churches are going to be closing their doors, if at any point that church becomes like that cruise liner and their, their focus turns inward, right, and the captain and the crew can't keep those folks entertained, well-fed, and, and where it's all about the passengers, keeping the passengers happy, uh, you know what happens is they just find another, another ship in the harbor. And that's what happens, okay? Now, here is what we at EVC, we don't want to be a cruise liner. Here's what EVC, what I believe that we are called to be. Watch this.
That'll take you back to the 80s, won't it? That was 30 years ago. Can you believe that? Did y'all see that guy do that move right there? If you were at the Barney's last week, you know I got the moves, right? By the way, I've been hurt all week from doing that move all week long. But that is, a, that is an aircraft carrier. That is what we are called to be as a church, is this hub. And here's what's so cool about an aircraft carrier. Everybody on an aircraft carrier, upwards to 5,000 people, Clay was telling me about, everybody has a role. Everybody has a job. They're all acting as one. They have a great mission that they are serving, the mission that's been given to them that's so much bigger than just themselves, and they're all working together and they're launching out. And, and he said this, he said, the pilots, those guys are the rock stars is what he said. And I was thinking this week, do you know, you know who the pilots are? You, you're the rock stars, right? We're the ones that are on the deck doing that move right there. And we're going, go baby, go. We're, we're bringing you in. We're trying to give you maintenance where you need maintenance. We're trying to be sure everybody's doing their job And as they're all working together, the mission is possible. The mission is being accomplished. It's so different than a cruise liner, right? We don't want to be a cruise liner. We want to be a church that is on mission, the mission Jesus gave us, on mission with Christ, right? And it's so admirable when when you talk about people who are in the, who we call it this, when they're serving on something like that, we call them, they're in the what? Service. Because they're serving each other. They're serving the country. They're serving a greater mission than themselves. And, 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 and you're, you are, as we're this aircraft carrier, you're coming into this central hub. But here's the thing. You're being sent back out. You're on mission all throughout the week. And I love in the Top Gun movie, Clay and I were talking about this, in the Top Gun movie, at the end of the movie, after they accomplished the mission that, that they were given and they were successful, and the plane comes flying in and they land, and, the, and, the, and what are they doing? All the crew is up on the deck, and if you remember the movie, and they're celebrating, they're having a party. Guys, that's what Sundays are supposed to be about, Right? That's not the mission. The mission is, is you going out. Sundays is the celebration of everything God's been doing in your life as you've been out there on mission with him. So as I'm out of time today, we'll look more at these things in the coming weeks, but what is needed to make an aircraft carrier successful is a full crew where everyone is playing a part. Everyone's rolling up their sleeves and saying, I'm a part of something bigger than myself. I all have, we all have our different roles in the body of Christ. We all have different, we're all different members of the body of Christ. But for that mission to be carried out and to be possible, it takes us all pitching in. And so what we're going to do is we're going to send you out. And, and some of you are already plugged in. A lot of you are plugged in. But maybe you would just, what I'm going to encourage you to do is while you're out there, take a walk with Jesus. Even though we're out of worship in here, continue in worship. Take a walk with Jesus and just say, God... How can I make sure this church is an aircraft carrier? How can I pitch in? How can I make sure that a small group of people aren't worn out and burned out because we're spreading it out as they work in shifts on aircraft carriers, right? We're sharing in all of that. Take a walk with the Lord through all the many different places that you'll see and and just ask God, what do you want me to do? How can I roll up my sleeves and go and serve you? Not, Not out of pressure from a pastor because my heart is filled with joy, because of what you've done for me. So let me, uh, we're going to take up God's tithe and offering. So our ushers will go ahead and come forward. I'm going to pray for us. 
and then Randy's going to give you some further instructions, okay? So as our ushers come forward, whenever I finish the prayer, guys, you can go ahead and begin passing those baskets. Let me, let me pray for you. By the way, those of you who are serving at tables, you can go ahead and make your way to those tables now, okay? But let me pray for us right now. Lord, we are blessed to be a blessing. I thank you for this church family that I get to be a part of, Lord. I love this congregation. I love that I get to serve them and serve with them, Lord. And so today, Lord, I, I pray that you will, will not only just kind of stir our hearts, but, Lord, you'll transform our hearts. Lord, that we would see this, this church that we are a part of be a, a force because of Jesus in us, be a force to be reckoned with for the enemy. Our enemy is not people, God. It's not those that think differently than us. We know that scripture says we wrestle not with flesh and blood. Our enemy is, is Satan. And Lord, we want to be a church that is penetrating into these pockets of darkness that are in our community and around the world. Lord, we are called by you to take the gospel, to take it to Satan. Lord, in those places where he has strongholds, not to sit by passively letting him come to us. Lord, you told us to charge the gates of hell and you said that the gates of hell will not prevail over us. And so we rejoice in that, Lord. Thank you for this church. Would you help us to walk with you today to learn more about how we can serve you and put into practice what we've learned. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen.